light of the fact that we are being watched. Moms, you're being watched. Dads, you're being watched. Young people, you're being watched. Uh, old people, you're being watched. Although we don't have any old people around here. All young people, young at heart. But listen what it says in Proverbs chapter 22. This has gripped me for years. I remember in Royal Rangers, uh, when I was growing up, I was uh, in elementary school, went to Royal Rangers on Wednesday nights. I remember making a rock, painting a rock, and then putting my name on it. And, uh, and then the next week, um, somehow a scripture verse ended up on that rock. I guess my commander put it on there. I don't know. Um, but it, the scripture verse that was on that rock, and I still have it today, I should have brought it, was Proverbs 22, 1. Listen to what it says. And I've looked at this verse many, many times. Proverbs 22, 1 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. A good name is so important. Now, I know that there's a lot of dads here that take a lot of pride in the stuff that we collect. If you're into hunting, you want good hunting equipment. I'm not a hunter. I don't know what the name brands uh, of hunting stuff. But I know that when it comes to buying tires, Tony, what kind of tires do you buy for your family? Michelin tires, because they're the best, right? That's true. You don't buy some uh, cheap Chinese tires. You buy Michelin tires that were probably made in China anyway. <laughs> when you're working with your hands, dads, right? Um, and uh, I'm not sure. I'm looking for a mechanic. Uh, oh, Jason, you're a mechanic. You don't buy, you don't go down to the Harbor Freight Company and buy, uh, buy a set of tools. What kind of tools do you use? Snap-on tools because they're the best, right? It's a good name. You know it's reliable. Uh, who works with their hands and cuts a lot of things? Who has a workshop? Oh, Jeff in the back. Jeff, when you go to buy a drill... If there's two drills on the wall, they both start with D. One's a Delta and one's a DeWalt. What kind of drill do you use? DeWalt, because it's the best or one of the best. And we like things that carry a good name. How many of us like trucks? Now, there's a debate among men about which trucks are best. But since I've got the microphone, I'm just going to declare that if you want a good truck, you buy a Ford truck. <laughs> because for years, they've been the number one leading truck seller in America. And because when I grew up, my dad worked for Ford, and we weren't allowed to buy anything but Fords. <laughs> but a good name is important. How many know that right now, the, the company Toyota, you ever heard of it? <laughs> is spending billions of dollars to save their name, right? You see the commercials. We're you know, investing more money. We're doing this. The same thing is true with BP oil right now. Is it 70 days or so or almost 70 days that oil's been spewing out in the Gulf? 
And every time you have the TV on, you see a commercial now with BP saying, look, we're investing in the Gulf. We're giving all this money because of their name's sake. Their reputation in each of these companies, whether it's Michelin or uh, Snap-on Tools or DeWalt or you fill in the blank, Ford Trucks woo, or Toyota, BP Oil, it doesn't matter. Their reputation matters. And men and women, boys and girls, our reputation matters as well. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is better than great riches. Dads, for us that are fathers, we will be known for something. What will we be known for? What is our name good for? And do we even value what our name is? Sometimes we are prone to take shortcuts, to not be consistent in life, to try to get ahead, to save some money here, to, uh, to uh, fudge something here or there. We value money over our character. We value uh, um, you know, getting the job done uh, maybe half right rather than, than doing something well. We may uh, value... Um, uh, my mind just slipped. I'm not sure what I was going to say. I'm looking at my notes. It's kind of tiny. But uh, we may value something that, that, is, uh, that, that we can um, get our hands on uh, today rather than saving for something that's, that's even better and uh, to doing it right by paying cash uh, versus uh, spending on credit. You know, this week I had an opportunity. Um, I was talking with someone about their employer and how they had transferred their job because of an integrity issue. Their employer was wanting them to uh, to, to cut corners and to do things um, not 100% above reproach. And I was intrigued by the fact that this individual actually quit their job and looked for a different employer because of that. I thought, man, that's, that's a great reputation. Because you know, if you cheat in small things, how many know when the opportunity comes, you'll cheat in bigger things? I know it's, that challenges me. How do we get a good name? How do we get a good reputation? And if we have a good reputation, and then we mess up, which is prone to happen, because none of us are perfect, how do we fix our reputation or get that back? And then how do we keep a good reputation? I believe that God sent me to some scripture uh, in the New Testament Paul was writing to two different churches, to the church in, uh, of the Colossians church and then also to the church in Ephesus. Two almost identical passages. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through, you know, really all of chapter 3, models Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17 and going through uh, chapter 5, verse 21. But I want to read uh, Colossians chapter 3, uh, the first few verses. And I want you to be thinking, being mindful of those questions. First is how do you get a good reputation? Second, how, if you mess up, how do you fix that reputation? And then third, how did long term, how do you keep a good reputation? Because, you know, we can succeed for a moment. Isn't that true? 
we can do something good for, for a little bit and kind of get a good reputation, but long term, how, how do we sustain that? And really, I believe that God's word speaks to these questions indirectly through an example that we are all supposed to be living a holy life, a heart after God, serving God with everything within us. And let's look at Colossians chapter 3. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. We talked a little bit about that over the past couple of weeks with missions. It says, you, uh, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, you, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. That's a lot. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these things, in the, in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and a filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self and its practices, and you have put on your new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of our Creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances may have, uh, you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and with all singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, summing up this section, Whatever you do, whether it in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you take Psalm or Proverb 22.1 and ask those three questions, how do you get a good reputation? How do you fix a reputation that's maybe cracked or broken? And then how do you long-term keep that? You can turn here to Colossians 3 as an example, a workbook, and we're going to look at those. But let's ask God to bless us and just to open our hearts. Lord, your word is so powerful. Thank you, God, for speaking to us through your word. And thank you, God, for helping us in a time of trouble. And thank you for encouraging us. And thank you, God, for the dads that have uh, lived great examples. And thank you, God, that we can celebrate fatherhood and and the responsibility um, that each of us have. And Lord, thank you that your word is universal, and God, that we can all learn, Lord, that uh, it's a, better to have a good name than to have great riches. 
And Lord, help us understand that principle to the fullest this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you look at Colossians 3, um, you could also look at Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17, and very similar uh, passage, a lot of similarities there. We won't take the time to read that. But the first question is, how do we get a good name? Well, first of all, to get a good name, it takes time. It takes consistency. It takes commitment over the long haul to get a good name. Verse 5 in in, uh, Colossians there, chapter 3, says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature. When I think about getting a good name, it starts with giving your heart to the Lord, taking what's old and covering and throwing it out and having God cover your heart with his heart and get rid of earthly the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, greed, those things. It says, because you used to walk in these ways, but now you must rid yourself of these things, anger and rage and malice and slander. Then it says, don't lie. And, uh, and so what we're talking about here in these verses is a transformed life. I believe in order to get a good reputation, uh, you, it starts with your relationship with the Lord, committing your way to God and asking Him to take what all of us are, we're all sinners, but to transform us and help us in our daily walk. A great example that uh, we heard yesterday, uh, a great testimony from Jason Betts and Mandy, really, from your lives Over the last several years, you guys have been consistent and stable and been involved in church, and and that is proven. You guys have seen this last week, as you were pursuing getting your daughter, Jason, uh, that, that those things, your past is gone. What you were is yesterday. That's in the past. And it was recognized not only by me writing a recommendation letter, but by the people that came to look at your home saying, all right, are you fit to have another person in this house? And I am just so proud of you for the consistency that you have. You have created, Jason and Mandy, a reputation that is admirable. And I think that it's worth, uh, worth gold. But you get a good reputation. It takes time. It takes consistency. It takes a commitment to excellence. How many have ever heard the book, Good to Great?, um, it's a great leadership book, and it, ta- it chronicles um, uh, different companies that were good, that became great, well-known companies. And uh, what was it about those companies? They were not companies that just shot up overnight and were great instant successes. It was many times, years and years and years of consistency doing the same thing before supernatural growth happened in the different companies. And it's a great leadership text. And the same is true for us. How do we get a good name? Well, it takes time and it takes consistency. But what if we mess up? The reality is we live in a sin-filled world and the reality is is that we are all fallen and we are all sinners and we're all in trouble. Well, I believe when we mess up, the best place to turn is to on our knees and ask the Heavenly Father to to forgive us. Of course, that's where we start. We turn back to God because that's where our good reputation came from anyway. But in that, 
when we look at verses 12 through 14, listen to what it says. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This speaks to me of the fact that we need to be gentle with each other. We need to be patient with each other. It's understanding that we're not going to get it right all the time. And the fact that we as individuals need to give each other some grace, some compassion, some kindness. We need to be humble one with another. We need, then it says in verse 13, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances may you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love. I believe when we mess up, when we slip, when we fall, we need to put on love, which binds all these things together in perfect unity. One of the greatest things I was reflecting this week with a, an accountability group um, that I meet with on Mondays, a group of guys not connected to the church at all. Um, I was afterwards, I was told, told them I was thinking about Father's Day, and uh, some of the conversation was talking about our dads just because it was a men's group. And we were talking, and, uh, and I said, you know, one of the best things I remember about my dad is that when he was wrong, when he blew it, when he lost his temper, or when he did something that was inappropriate, he was quick to humble himself, and he was also quick to come and ask for forgiveness. And that, I remember that. And I've been able at times to remember that example. And I've had to do that with Reagan and Logan. And certainly I've had to do that with my wife, Jessica, and with those that are closest to us. Because the fact is, is I'm not perfect. Not even close. In fact, I think if any of us, if our, all our junk was put up on the screen, we'd all be pretty embarrassed. Attitudes, <laughs> things that we do, things we say, things we think. Um, and if we humble ourselves, if we look to forgive one another, but most importantly, if we surround our lives with love, I believe that we can fix a broken rec uh, reputation. Put on forgiveness, humility, and love. And then the last little bit, how do we long-term have a good name? Let's look at verses 15 through 17. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. There's a good rule for you. Since as members of one body, we are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing songs and, and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude. And then verse 17, I think, is the kicker. And whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to our God the Father through him. To be committed that our lives ultimately are for God's glory for his cause. To make an impact in this world, we need to remember what we're living for, to keep that as a focus, to refresh our minds, to keep our eyes on the prize is so important. And you know what will happen? 
is that people will look to you. For those of us that are parents, your, our kids will look to us as an example. For those of us that are students, wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you go to school, there will be those that will be watching you. And they'll be able to say, wow, I want to be like that. One of the guys in my accountability group on Monday night said uh, uh, recently, he said, you know, we, we talk about all our junk and, you know, we get it all out on the table. And so we know this guy's a lot of the, lot of the baggage and a lot of the things that he's had to deal with. And, um, but he said that his daughter, who is 17, um, her first boyfriend, he's uh, experiencing for the first time for him, she's bringing home a boy for the first time or to introduce to dad. And he said uh, that his daughter introduced this young man saying, Dad, whatever his name was, I forget, he's just like you, Dad. <laughs> and instead of thinking, wow, that's great, his first thought was like, where's the gun? Because <laughs> if he's like me, uh, that's bad. <laughs> but the fact is, is that all of us are bad. But there were things in his life, this guy's life, that his daughter was seeing the good. And he, she saw that in her boyfriend. And, uh, and it was quite a compliment. See, the fact is, is we're being watched. And our name means more than getting ahead, getting a good grade. means more than uh, padding our bank account a little bit more by shaving our taxes. I've been challenged just this week uh, with my bike crash. Um, I wanted to, uh, well, I thought originally I was going to get... Uh, my homeowner's insurance was going to cover the wreck of my bike. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get a new bike and all this. And uh, I was really upset when they called and said uh, that they weren't going to cover the damages. It didn't meet their criteria. And I wanted everything within me to take my car and back over my bike <laughs> and start over. Because with a crash, they wasn't going to cover it. But if a car hit it... Uh, but I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> I ride with some guys here at church, and uh, my example is more important than that. And so I sucked it up, and uh, we're, you know, we're somewhat, somehow we'll end up paying for the repairs. But a good name. I don't know how that challenges you this morning and where you are. But my heart is, is that that God would get the glory for your life. I look around this room and there's a lot of great people. Wow. Some great people with a great integrity, with great, uh, just great reputations. And uh, there may be some here that on the outside have a great reputation, but man, they're, boy, they're saying, boy, if all my stuff got put up there, I'd, That'd be pretty embarrassing, and uh, I kind of am in that, in that boat sometimes. But the fact is, is God, he really cares about the way we live, about the things we do, 
the things we say. In this Father Day, Father's Day, my challenge is not only for the dads, but for each and every one of us to consider our lives and how we're doing. And on that thought, I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm going to ask Mary if she could come. As we consider our lives and we slow down and we say, okay, God, how am I doing today? I want you to know, first of all, like I've said, that there's not one of us here that are going to live a perfect life. We're going to make mistakes. But I also want you to know that you can do it. You can live above reproach. You can live with good morals. You can clean up your example. You can clean, clean up your tongue. And I know that the word of God this morning that was spoke uh, through our servant, uh, John, back here, uh, was that you may have been in a situation where your heavenly father didn't, or your earthly father didn't care for you or you, there was some dysfunction in your home or that there's some issues there. And I just want to say, whether it was modeled to you or not, you can live a godly life. In, in Colossians 3 there, it says that we need to encourage one another. And we need each other to do that. And this morning, I want to take the chance or the opportunity to encourage many of us to take a stand, to live for righteousness. But before we can live a righteous life, we need to realize that we are lost without the saving grace of our Heavenly Father. And I want you to know this morning, with your head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, please, that you are not here by accident, that Jesus is pursuing you, that he is wanting your attention. And more than even your attention, he wants your heart. He wants you to surrender this morning. And if you're here this morning and you're ready to surrender your heart to the Lord, if you realize that you are lost and that if you were to die, uh, this week that you would not spend an eternity in heaven and you're ready to surrender to God saying, God, save me. I want you just to slip up your hand right where you are. Just slip it up quickly. Yeah, thank you. Who else this morning would say, yep, that's me. Pray for me. Who else? Saying, boy, I want to know for sure. I want to give my heart right with God. All right. Anyone else? Lassa, I'm looking, just put your hand up quickly. Thank you. This morning, one young man uh, raised his hand, and we want to pray for him, and we want to encourage him. And so I want you to pray with me, a, a miracle prayer, we call, we call it, a prayer that not the words that are miracle, or there's nothing in the words other than if we believe those words in our heart. And so I want you to pray with this young man and ask God to fill him, to save him. And if you didn't take the opportunity to raise your hand, I want you to pray this as well. 
And if you mean it in your heart, this is your day. This is your opportunity. Stop running from God. Stop resisting his call. He's been pursuing you. He loves you. And he wants you to surrender this morning. Let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you today as a sinner. I've done things wrong. And I'm guilty. But I believe in you that you died on the cross for me and that you have the ability to save me, to cleanse me, 